0: You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go to source for all things Debbie and college football. All right, welcome back, good people, to the Destination Debbie program. It is Founder's Day for the men of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. You see, I got the shirt on, my hoodie. I'm sweaty. Just got done with a workout, a little bit of kettlebell work, a little bit of ride on the Peloton. Got to gotta keep the mind fresh to give you guys good content. So I appreciate you being here. If this is your first time listening to the show, via the podcast, please subscribe, rate and review. And if you're checking this out on YouTube, make sure you smash the thumbs up button, subscribe, all that other good stuff. And and check out our partners over there at Sleeper Wire. We thank you. Thank you, Hoos, for sponsoring the show and being an ally to Destination Debbie. But y'all know what it is. It's week 10, the Rookie Report. I said it right this time. Week 10, Rookie Report. Another week of NFL football in the books. I was about to say college football. NFL is in the books. And man, uh, I, I'm live right now with my patrons. I got my squad members on the chat. We are live. And I, I was telling them before, uh, we got on this show, you know, uh, a lot of debate between the film and analytical in analytical Twitter, when we're talking about these draft prospects comes to a, a head comes to a boiling boiling point during the pre-draft process. Uh, You know, if this receiver didn't hit these analytical numbers, or if they stayed until their senior season, they're going to stink at the NFL, but then tape lies and your eyes can deceive you. I understand. And I take all of that into consideration, but I trust my process as a former college football player. Like, I feel like football is not complicated. You know, you see a good player, you draft a good player, and hopefully that player turns out to be a good player in the NFL. And I'm going to miss, I'm going to hit, but the same shit can be said about the numbers, right? Well, historically, blah, blah, blah. If they hit these numbers, then they're going to be like, I get that. But some of these players that are smashing right now in the NFL, some of these rookies didn't hit those thresholds, right? They didn't, but you, if you watched any college football, like for for, for for five minutes, if you watched the game, you can't tell me that that player that I'm going to talk about right here wasn't good. And the first player that I want to talk about in this Rookie Report episode is Indianapolis Colts wide receiver, Michael Pittman Jr. And I talked about Pittman Jr. pre-draft. He's got the NFL pedigree, his father, Michael Pittman. Y'all know big guns, Michael Pittman was an NFL running back, Super Bowl champion. And this player at six foot four, 223 pounds, went out there uh, to the NFL combine, dropped a four or five 40 yard dash, had a 93rd percentile speed score, which is ridiculous. Burst score, upper percentile, agility score, upper percentile. And at 6'4, the catch radius was damn near 90th percentile, according to playerprofiler.com. I know that he didn't pop until his final season at USC. I'm a USC Trojans fan, and there was a lot wrong with those offenses, i.e. the quarterback play. Once he got Keaton Slovis, it was wheels up for Michael Pittman Jr. He was a good collegiate player. And what he's done over the past two weeks for the Colts has been nothing short of outstanding. And you're talking about a player with an above 80% snap share in his past two games coming back from that injury, right? Week nine versus Baltimore this past week, 10 versus Tennessee, seven targets versus Baltimore, eight targets this past week versus Tennessee, seven receptions, 101 yards, 19.2 fantasy points. He had 54 air yards. So not doing a lot of damage through the air yet. And then they're also handing him the ball out of the backfield. Michael Pittman Jr., he was drafted at the top of the second round to be the alpha in that offense. Michael Pittman Jr. is the alpha in that offense. T.Y. Hilton is old and decrepit and not that good anymore. Zach Pascal is okay, but he is not an alpha. Michael Pittman profiles as an an alpha X wide receiver and they're moving him around all over the formation, best comparable to Dwayne Bowe. If you're in Dynasty right now, I, I don't know how easy it would be to acquire Pittman straight up, but he'd be a player that I'd be trying to package up in a deal, moving off a veteran and trying to get Pittman Jr. This kid is good, His skin is good. He's got the size. He's got the athleticism. And we've seen over the past two weeks, his usage and involvement increase Pittman Jr. Baby, get get you some Michael Pittman Jr. Now, this next player who we all know, and I I just, I got to be vulnerable and open here. I've talked about this for like the past three days on Twitter of how bad I feel about not trusting my process. The entire 2018 2019 seasons, two years, DeAndre Swift was my highest rated running back, top rated running back, dual threat running back, TDT, three down threat, can run the ball out of the backfield, can catch passes out of, can run the ball, catch passes out of the backfield. And we saw this going back to his 2017 true freshman season playing alongside Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle and getting significant work with two of Georgia's best running backs. We saw what DeAndre Swift did throughout his collegiate career and all of last season. My running back won. And in February, right before the combine hit, I moved him down. I moved him down under Jonathan Taylor. And then the NFL draft happens and I moved him below Clyde Edwards E'Lair and Jonathan Taylor. And I feel horrible because I knew, or at least I felt like he was the best back and I let outside influence kind of factor into where I I had him slotted, And I was telling people, you draft Clyde, you draft Jonathan Taylor, and that's what sucks, right? Because if I can go back into time, I would have stuck to my guns and been like, I don't give a shit where JT landed. I don't give a crap about Clyde in, in Kansas City. DeAndre Swift, even though it's a bad landing spot, he's the running back you want to own in Dynasty. And... I didn't give that advice. I, I gave the advice to draft these other players. And DeAndre Swift, after this past week, looks like he has taken over that offense. His snap share jumped from 41% to 70, almost 79%, 16 carries. He ran 21 routes out of the backfield, targeted five times, caught all five receptions, 149 total yards, and he scored a touchdown. Beautiful pass catch using that lateral agility. He just, he just look. he looks good. He looks good. He looks like the best. If, if you just watch film of of DeAndre Swift, he looks like the best rookie running back, maybe outside of James Robinson. And my commitment to you, everyone who subscribes to this channel, listens to this podcast, rocks with me on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash all gas, come be a part of the squad. I will not do that again. I don't give a damn about landing spot. I'm trusting the talent. You know, I thought I would learn my lesson from AJ Brown kind of applied it this year and went against my guns here with DeAndre Swift never again. It ain't happening again. D Swift is, is dope. He's a fantastic runner and I love the versatility. And hopefully this usage pattern continues for the talented, talented rookie rusher as well as James Robinson, man. And outside of he's the best, right? When you're talking about fantasy production, who's been more productive as a rookie rusher than James Robinson and versus green Bay, his game could have been monstrous. He had 23 carries, right? Ran 19 routes, had five targets, caught two balls, 112 total yards, two touchdowns called back, two TDs called back on these holding calls, both of them not one-yard runs either. I think one was like a 10-yard carry, another one was like a 15, 16-yard run. Both of those called back. James Robinson, y'all know me, I have no problem saying I was wrong. I was wrong. Unless I know I'm getting a top five pick in 2021, I ain't trading James Robinson. He's going to start next year. I do believe they're going to bring in some competition. Well, maybe not competition, but complimentary players to share the workload with him. So they're not beating him into the ground. But man, this dude is legit. And it seems like every single week we're talking about James Robinson. He's good. We're going to continue to talk about him. Still go out there and buy James Robinson from people like me who have been trying to unload him or have told you to sell this player. James Robinson is legit. I'm here for it. I want him. He's good. As well as Antonio Gibson, another one of these rookie running backs who go check the receipts. Uh, th- let me let me just tell y'all something. There's not a player. Or very few. There are very few. There, there are a lot of players. I've talked about everybody. Like, I don't just do this. Like, this isn't a mirage. This isn't fake. Like, I actually... Love, live, breathe college football and scouting. Like identifying prospects is easy. Setting a damn lineup. Don't ask me any advice. I don't know. I I can't set my own lineup. But when you're talking about talent, I got you covered with talent. If you're looking for players who are going to be producers, who who are going to have an opportunity to produce, you need to rock with me. I'm just telling you. I ain't tooting my own horn. I'm just telling you how it is, man. I'm telling you how it is. I called. We'll get to that in a second. Antonio Gibson, listen, he's still not being used how we all would like for him to be used. He's still not. J.D. McKissick, 14 targets in back-to-back weeks is insane. Alex Smith checking it down to J.D. McKissick. But this past week versus Detroit, we got to see both of those players on the field at the same time. I believe they had 13 plays where they were on the field at the same time. J.D. McKissick lined up in the slot. Antonio Gibson lined up primarily in the backfield. And I love the usage and the creativity by Washington getting them both on the field at the same time instead of subbing out Gibson, get them on the field at the same time. And Gibson rewarded us with two touchdowns, 65 total yards, ran 16 routes, 13 carries let's 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 still still there's probably still opportunity for you to go out and acquire antonio gibson in dynasty i want this guy i believe i have him uh, top 25 in my cornerstone rankings you get those uh from being a squad member but gibson is dope man i i think we aren't even scratching the surface of what he could be i i'm so excited to see gibson next year after a full offseason as an NFL running back, going through NFL running back conditioning, mini camps, OTAs, getting more comfortable, and oh my gosh, people, if the Washington football team is in a position to draft Justin Fields, and you put Justin Fields at that quarterback with Terry McLaurin, with Antonio Gibson, good things could happen, I'm excited about the potential, and as a Cowboys fan, I don't want to say that about the football team, but Antonio Gibson is a phenomenal talent and I, I believe we're just, we're just scratching the surface of what he can become for us in fantasy here in the near future. Now, Salvan Ahmed, got to bring up Savon Ahmed because he has produced in his limited opportunity, right? He's only played week nine, week 10, 21 carries this past week, ran eight routes, one reception, 90 total yards and a touchdown. This was a player that I talked about coming out of Washington. I thought he was much more explosive, much more dynamic, at least on tape, than how he tested. And that's why sometimes, to a certain degree, I take the combine with a couple of grains of salt. I'm not going to say a tiny grain because it does matter, but I, it, it just go to Twitter. Put at Ray GQ and then type in Savon Ahmed's name. And you tell me the clips that I showed you, he looks like he runs a 4-6. He looks like he's the same speed as Zach Moss. He doesn't. His on-field speed versus his game his, versus his underwear speed are completely different. And he's looked good for Miami. He's looked good. And as a Miles Gaskins, uh, as as I have some Miles Gaskin on my team, I'm a little concerned because I don't think Ahmed is going to go away. They just released Jordan Howard, which tells me, okay, Matt Breed is probably getting healthy. And I think Gaskin was on the short-term IR three weeks. So his time should be up if not after this week, but the next week. So we could have more backfield competition, but he's worth a stash. I think he's shown enough to stay involved to some degree in this offense. What that really looks like, I don't know, but I, I do like what he's shown early. And Tua is, I talked about this with uh, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Tua is a floor raising quarterback. So when you've got quarterbacks like Tua, like Justin Herbert, like a Joe Burrow, they elevate everybody else on that team. And Tua has Devonte Parker looking good. He's getting Mike Gusecki a little more involved here and there. Ahmed looks good. So he's a player that I'm mildly interested in. I don't know how much I'd be willing to pay uh, to acquire him in Dynasty. A, f- a third, maybe? A fourth, if that. Uh, maybe a third. Maybe a third. High third, hell no. Low third, high fourth, sure. But Ahmed definitely deserves a little uh, attention here on this rookie report. Now, we're getting into to the meat. The meat. the The, the good you-know-what. And these three receivers, folks. T. Higgins. T. Higgins, I believe it was episode 43 of the podcast where it was T. Higgins, Apex Predator, I, I didn't care. You know, I, I kind of shit on him a little bit for not testing because of the excuse, right? Oh, I'm tired. I'm, I'm tired. I didn't i am get time to heal from, from playing uh, college football. Like that was kind of weak sauce to me, but I didn't care what he ran at the combine. I, I really wanted to see T Higgins in his junior season because coming off of his sophomore year, it looked like Justin Ross was the alpha. His final season, he was that dude, and that offense went as T. Higgins went. Of course, Trevor Lawrence and and, and Travis Etienne, but Higgins has been nothing short of fantastic. Since week three, he has not had one game under 10 fantasy points, and this past Sunday versus Pittsburgh matched up against Joe Hayden primarily, 98% snap share, 41 routes, Nine targets, seven receptions, 115 yards and a touchdown with 106 of those yards being air yards getting down the field, 22 and a half fantasy points. T Higgins is a bona fide stud, bona fide stud, you know, it, as much as, and let me, vibe with me here. Listen to me, hear me out, people. We are so quick. We were so quick to anoint CD Lamb. As a top 5 dynasty wide receiver, I ask you this question, why not T Higgins? Why not Justin Jefferson? Is it because of the quarterback? Is it because of the offense? Because if it's the quarterback, well, the Cincinnati Bengals have Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow handpicked T Higgins. They are the future of Cincinnati. Why not T Higgins? Well, is CeeDee Lamb that much better than T. Higgins to where it's Ceedee Lamb is top five and T. Higgins is what 18th. I call BS on that. And as I'm talking myself through this, as I'm talking to you, I'm thinking, huh? Well, what is it? Is it that Dallas Cowboys star? Is it is it what we saw earlier from Ceedee Lamb? T. Higgins has been just as good, if not better, than Ceedee Lamb this season on an offense that. Dallas offense is worse, but at the beginning it was better with Dak Prescott. It stinks now, but I'm just asking the question: Why not T. Higgins? And uh, I think there's a more of a case to be made for T. Higgins being, if if Ceedee Lamb is a top five dynasty wide receiver, then T. Higgins has got to be top eight at least, as well as Justin Jefferson. And I talked about uh, with the with the patrons earlier. We talked about Terrace Marshall uh, the rising junior, the, the current junior for LSU and my, my thoughts about him being a first round pick here, uh, in the 2021 NFL draft, believing he has a chance to be a first round pick. Justin Jefferson, man, just you guys, if you guys don't know the story, of how he came to be at LSU. I suggest you check it out, but I'll I'll give you the cliff notes. His brother, Jordan Jefferson, was a quarterback. Not a good one either. I mean, they, they played, he was the quarter, I believe he was the quarterback of that national championship game where it was like nine to six, just a defensive battle where Alabama had like a whole team of defenders that went to be top three round picks and LSU did as well. But Justin Jefferson was hardly recruited coming out of high school. I believe the only reason he got a scholarship offer to LSU is because he had two brothers that played at LSU. So he's a two star recruit. Check this out verified 488, 40 yard dash coming out of high school. He was slow. He was slow. Skinny, strangly guy, did absolutely nothing in his freshman season, but then his sophomore season quietly. He had a fantastic sophomore season with a Joe Burrow who came on late, okay? And then we all know what he did during his final season at LSU, over 1,500 yards, 18 touchdowns, uh, all-American status, first-round pick. And what he's doing now in Minnesota with Kirk Cousins this past uh, Monday just absolutely abused Kyle Fuller and rookie cornerback Jalen Johnson. 35 routes run, 10 targets, eight receptions, 135 yards, 21 and a half fantasy points. He is, I, I said it again, baby, just type in a player's name and Ray GQ and all the receipts will pop up. I said this shit in, in September in October in November and December that Justin Jefferson would be the discount version of what everyone thought Jerry Judy would be. I hope you drafted Jefferson and didn't spend the top five, top six pick on Jerry Judy. And I'm not here to to dump on Jerry Judy. I think he's talented, but there's no question. I want Justin Jefferson over Jerry Judy. He's just, he's a route running savant. You know, yes, Jerry Judy's routes are more crisp, but Jefferson's usage of his, the way he uses his body and leverage, he hit Fuller, who's one of the top cornerbacks in the NFL, and Jaden, Jalen Johnson, with filthy rocker steps, just abused Johnson to where he, he tripped over his own feet. And I know that happens this corner, but when you've got a player like that who just uses leverage, body, has outstanding hands, I think his hands are better than Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy is a cradler, uh, drops a lot of passes, dropped a lot of balls at, at Alabama, I think Justin Jefferson is the better receiver. May not look as, as fun as Jerry Judy. I think he's the better wide receiver. And again, if we're talking about CeeDee Lamb as a top five dynasty wide receiver, then Jeffen, Justin Jefferson, if T. Higgins is top eight, Jefferson is top seven. I mean, if we're going to play that game, CeeDee Lamb is not head and shoulders a bit better than those guys. I think he is the wide receiver one in the 2021 class in the 2020 class coming in. But based on what these dudes are doing right now, if we had to redo it, Those people who are just automatically slotting CeeDee Lamb in as wide receiver one, I just think we just got so used to hearing that, that we roll with that. But based on production, uh, give me T. Higgins, give me Justin Jefferson, and Chase Claypool. Uh, Again, said this to the patrons before before the show started, Pittsburgh is finding a way to support three wide receivers. I didn't think it'd be possible. You know, Juju's playing pretty good. Chase Claypool's doing his thing. Deontay Johnson, when he's healthy, he's balling out. In this past week, 10 targets for Claypool, only 62% snap share for receptions, 42 yards, but he had two touchdowns in this matchup, uh, Nineteen and uh, 19.9 fantasy points in that contest. And the past couple of weeks, double-digit fantasy points for Chase Claypool. He had a stinker versus Tennessee, but before that, 18 points, 42 points, 3 points, 17 points. Like, he's sorry, Claypool, I should have never called you a tight end. You're good. You are good. This, this wide receiver class folks is just, you know, it it's fantastic. And I believe Ryan McDowell put a tweet out that it was prior to week 10 that this 2020 wide receiver class has already outscored the historic 2014 wide receiver class, which featured Odell Beckham Jr., Sammy Watkins, Mike Evans, you know, that Kelvin Benjamin. I mean, that, 2014 wide receiver class was, they say it was one of the best of all time. And these 2020 guys have already exceeded that. The game is changing. The game is changing. And my advice to you all, my advice to you all who are who are watching this play out is be ready for 2021 because I know you know the names Jamar Chase and you know Jalen Waddell and Devonta Smith and Rondell Moore, but players like Amon Ross St. Brown. Seth Williams, uh, you know, what could Tamarion Terry be later on? Elijah Moore, who I talked about on the Future Cash show that dropped on the Road on Underworld Radio Network. There are some very, very good wide receivers in this 2021 class. And I promise you, I will not allow us to make the same mistakes as we did this year because these dudes are coming in balling right out of the gate. So, uh That's it for this show. I appreciate you dropping by. I appreciate you rocking with me. My squad members who are on the live feed, who stuck with me through this one, thank you. I'm going to jump back in and holler at y'all real quick. But if y'all like the content, if you like what we're laying down on the Destination Debbie channel, please subscribe. Then just hit the subscribe button. Hit a thumbs up button. Engage in the comments. There's a lot of good stuff going on. My man, Jordan Richards, dropping videos. And uh, I got some other good stuff coming as far as uh, content on the podcast podcast side that I want to announce very, very soon. It's coming. And again, geared to help you be better in Devi and Dynasty. So I appreciate y'all rocking with me. I appreciate y'all stopping by, but y'all know, man, I'm rambling, baby. Drop the music.